Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, we have a very wealth-focused topic, and I will be talking about investing for success. So the topic of investing can be intimidating, uncomfortable, it can be daunting, scary, frightening, um, and really the list goes on. Um, But investing, it's one of the surest ways to grow your wealth. So it's undoubtedly, it's something that you will encounter in your life. Um, So this episode, I want to say, you know, let's ditch the fear and the insecurities and instead Let's focus on how you can invest for success. So instead of, you know, being in that negativity and that fear um, of the unknown, well, let's instead focus on how you can make it successful. So in this episode, I want to share some of my top tips um, for how I can get you feeling positive and empowered when it comes to investing. Okay, so first off, what I wanted to say when it um, as one of my tips is just to get invested. So if we want to invest for success, well, we're going to have to be invested. Um, So don't let fear stand in your way and stop you from investing. Um, Too often, you know, people let that, you know, the insecurities of not knowing enough um, really kind of stop them and hold them back. And maybe you believe you have to have a certain amount of money before you can invest and before you can get started or you have to have a certain level of knowledge or understanding before you can get started investing. Um, And I know for me personally, I work mostly with women and I find that still women have more of a hesitation to invest, unfortunately. And I personally believe this has something to do with the world of investing. Um, Having been, you know, very much a male dominated space for quite some time and women maybe not feeling as much of a, you know, a level of comfort or belonging, But whatever it is the case, ultimately, um, it cannot continue this way, right? We have to invest um, and investing is important for everyone. And we all have an equal right as investors and everyone belongs in that space of investing. So if it, you know, if it has been fear and things like that, holding you back, well, just knowing you don't have to be at a certain wealth level to invest. We all belong when it comes to investing and you can get started investing now because holding off is not going to get you closer to your goals procrastination is really your enemy when it comes to your money, right? We can't procrastinate. It's not going to serve you. Um, You must take action. And that's how you're going to get closer to achieving those financial goals. So getting invested. Investing is how you're going to grow your money um, through your rate of return that you achieve. And um, once you invest and 
you know, the money is growing and then that growth grows upon itself. So that compounding, um, that's really where the magic happens. So my first tip for investing for success is just, well, you're going to have to be invested. So get invested. Um, you, we can all commit to doing that. And the sooner you start, the better. So if you're a young person listening to this, especially, um, that means you too. So it's not about, you know, getting started when you're in your thirties or forties or later on in life. If you're a young person hearing this, I urge you to start now, start wherever you are. And again, this is for everyone. It doesn't matter your age, right? And there's no excuses and no more of us letting fear stand in our way. Cause again, we all belong here when it comes to investing. It's not, reserved for only a certain type of person with a certain level of knowledge or net worth. It's for all of us and it's important for all of us. Okay. So my next tip is about keeping it simple. So there's no need to overcomplicate it when it comes to investing. Um, like I said, it can feel daunting and overwhelming, but it doesn't have to there is such a thing as keeping it simple and there's often a benefit to doing so. So I often give this example um, in presentations I do and a course I teach and things like that. But um, several years ago, so one of the investing greats, Warren Buffett, he took a, he made a bet with a hedge fund company and it, it was all in good fun. The bet was for charity. So um, it wasn't a bet in the gambling sense, but basically the winner would be the one with the largest return at the end of the time frame. And Warren Buffett was simply, he just invested in the index. So he just invested very passively in the S&P 500. It meant he just put his money in that investment and did nothing beyond that. But the hedge fund company, you know, they were able to do all their sorts of strategies, complicated strategies. So shorting, buying derivatives, um, all those sorts of, you know, very complicated, maybe convoluted investing strategies. And they could kind of do all sorts of things within that over the time frame to try to do better and outperform. Well, kind of fast forward and and take a guess, I guess, of who the winner was. Well, the winner was Warren Buffett. He outperformed them by a long shot. And I think this really just serves as a great reminder that keeping it simple is beneficial in a sense of the time and the energy it saves, but it's also beneficial in that it can equate to even superior performance. And that's what he really showed us um, with this example is that investing doesn't have to be complicated and, and convoluted to have, you know, better results. It doesn't mean the harder you work and the more complicated it is, the better you're going to do. And this is proof of that. This is an investing, you know, guru basically showed us that this is the case. So I hope you all, you know, truly believe that then. Um, and I think there's, you know, there is this belief in investors that there, um, yeah, that there might be this sort of um, special top secret, um, you know, certain people only club or something like that when it comes to investing. And again, you know, we can't think that way and investing can be simple and, and as it's, you know, simple, it doesn't mean that it's gonna, 
um, make your returns or your end result any worse off for it being simple. So it can be simple and it's not like you're taking shortcuts or anything like that. And it could be just as good of results. So there's no need to overcomplicate it when it comes to investing. And I mean, if you've heard about or stumbled across some of the super complicated new investing instruments and products, there's always new products coming out in, in the industry to market. So new investments, new types of investments. And some of these are accompanied by pages and pages of disclaimers and extra paperwork that you have to read through. And for someone like myself, who's been in the industry for 14 plus years, it takes time to even for myself to digest and really get what it is. So for just, you know, an average everyday investor where you have other things on the go in your life and maybe don't have the time to put into that, um, or desire, of course, to do that. Well, it doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't necessarily mean something that's going to be accompanied by, you know, 10 pages of disclaimer, that that doesn't mean it's superior. And it might be better to sort of steer clear of something like that. Because again, as we saw in this example, keeping it simple is going to save you time and it could even lead to better results. So you're better off at the end of the day than spending that time to try to understand it. So if it, when it comes to investing, don't overcomplicate it. If you don't understand it, move on because there's so many investments out there. Find one that you do understand. Um, there's no direct correlation with the level of complication and how much money you stand to make off an investment. So save yourself the stress and the headaches. Keep it, keep it simple. So again, investing for success, we're keeping it simple. Um, Next tip I have is about keeping the focus on what you can control. So people always have the question, what is going to happen in the markets? So that's a question on people's mind of, you know, what's to come, what's going to happen next. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the question, but really the danger of the question is thinking that there's someone out there that can provide you with a guaranteed answer. That's really where the danger comes from because Unfortunately, that just isn't the case. And, you know, if you're trying to find someone that's going to tell you what's going to happen in the market, it sounds like you're looking for more of an investing psychic, right? To tell you, okay, what, you know, what is going to be next? Because um, again, anyone that's going to tell you what's to come, it's going to be a prediction and we can take information of what's going on and all that. But again, it's going to be a prediction. It's going to be um, their opinion. It's not guaranteed. It's not, uh, you know, it's not black and white. It's not just a sure answer. It's, it's their, it's their opinion. It's their, um, you know, their, their best guess in a way of what's happening next. So corrections, pullbacks, bear markets, they will happen. And if you're a younger person, you know, especially for you, you're likely to experience multiple instances of these, because again, these things are going to happen. And the more time that you have in the market and being invested, the more of these you're going to see. And that's completely okay. I want to say, because those are natural cycles of the market. It's healthy for these events to occur. And although we would like to, you know, if we're invested and we have our money in the markets, 
well, we want to see it just continue to go up. Of course, that would be the ideal scenario, but nothing can just continue to go up. Um, there has to be these moments of correction because they come back down to more, you know, reality of where they should be priced and um, things like that. So again, these are market cycles. It's natural, but at the end of the day, the markets have continued to go upward and trend upward and um, continue to increase. So over the long term, investors have always been rewarded despite these up and down events, despite being invested through bear markets and pullbacks. They have still made money over the long term. So again, you know, I think what's so important for us, anyone listening to this, is that you know, never forget the simple fact that you have absolutely no control over the markets. So I have no control over the markets. You have no control over the markets. You know, the person or opinions you're listening to, these people have no control over the markets and we can't control if they go up or down. So instead, if we, if we can accept that statement that we have no control, well, you know, what else, then what can we do? So better questions are those designed around factors that you do have control over. So why not put your time and energy into, well, what can I control instead of, you know, guessing and, and hoping and, um, you know, wanting them to go up because that's the direction we want to see. Well, where is my time then better spent? Where, where is there an element of control? Um, so some, you know, some of the elements or places that you have control over, is going to be diversifying your investments. So making sure that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. We always talk about that as investment professionals. Make sure you're well diversified. That's something you can control. You can control the allocation of your, of your investments, how you're invested, the companies you're invested in. That's an element of, you know, a decision you have to make or a decision you make with a professional or however that looks, but that's something you can control. Um, adding money on a recurring basis, that's something that is in your control. So if you can continue to add funds into your investment accounts um, all along the way, so the markets are going up, they're going down, they're going sideways, and you're just continuing to add money because that's something you can control. There's this money left over. Maybe it's every paycheck you have a certain amount left over that you can add. Well, there is something in your control. You can put more of that money to work. Again, not trying to time the markets, not trying to predict what happens, but just saying, I'm going to continue to get invested. Um, planning for your goals and taking into consideration your time frame. So again, that is in your control. And do take the time to plan for your goals. I highly suggest and recommend that to everyone is sitting down and really getting clear on what you want to achieve and what are your time frames for when you're going to need the money. That's something that you can spend time on, that you can answer those questions. And then the more information you have, also the better you're able to find the appropriate investments for meeting those goals. So the more clear you can get about what you want to achieve, the better you can, you know, match that with the type of investments. So we don't know what's going to happen in the markets tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week, next year. You know, we're never going to know that with hundred percent certainty. So 
Don't waste your time and energy trying to figure out what you're never going to know. Take that time and energy and put it to good use on focusing on what you can control. So in those moments when you find yourself, you know, asking those questions that there is no definite answer to have those be the moments to remind yourself, okay, what can I control? What is something that I can spend my time and energy on that is going to be, you know, more useful and, and a better payoff of that time and energy than just kind of, you know, circling and spiraling and what's going to happen next and, um, and feeling that stress maybe that comes along with that. Okay. So my next tip is about being picky about whose opinions you listen to when it comes to your money and investing. So the best example I could kind of think about when I was, um, when this came to mind was um, if you're a parent, think back to maybe when you were new to the role. Okay. So when you first had your baby um, and I think, you know, from my perspective, um, you know, what I recall is that I got a lot of unsolicited advice, um, parenting advice in those years. So lots of, you know, opinions and ideas coming at me from all different sources. And oftentimes, you know, you're not even necessarily asking for those opinions, um, but they are, you know, very much, you know, um, given to you all, all from all sorts of people that you might not even expect. But, um, you know, I'm sure as you were getting these, these opinions and recommendations, there were certain, you know, sources or people or where it was coming from that you took it in and you really consider that, that advice or those ideas. And, and there were others that you probably instantly disregarded. Um, maybe there was a person that's never had children. And, and so they probably in your mind seemed a little bit more out of touch and they were giving you advice and you might be thinking, like, okay, do you, do you really know how that's done? If you've never, you know, been the parent to a new baby. And again, not saying anything against someone who has not been a parent or had a new baby, but again, it's the idea of you're going to take the, the opinions from the people that are, you know, close to you that are experiencing the same thing, the, the people around you that you, you know, you really respect and, and see in that situation with you rather than just maybe random people that don't have children and have never gone through it. And they're giving you some sort of parenting advice. Then you might be kind of like, hmm, you know what, I'm going to probably do a little bit of my own research. Um, so the same is true with her money. There's so many unsolicited opinions that are going to come at you when it relates to your money. And so I'm just wanting to just say, please beware of this, be beware that it's going to happen. And what's hard for this statement is that I'm also very much a proponent of making sure we do talk about money. So I encourage conversations about money. I encourage us to have these conversations. Um, I think there's so much power in talking about money because we can learn so much from each other, but the same can be said about, you know, opening up that, that, you know, door to listening to people and receiving opinions. I just urge you to be picky about whose opinions you choose to take in and consider. Um, don't just, you know, anyone that's coming at you with money advice and tips and, you know, the friend saying, giving you a stock tip, or they're saying what they're doing. Um, be really 
you know, protective and on guard with your money too, just like you would with your child about, well, what am I actually, what if this information really seems right to me? What seems really valuable? Okay. So I would say the same is true with your money, like treat it with that same, you know, protect it and what is coming in, make sure you're doing your own due diligence and research. So And this again can be coming from opinions of others. It might be coming from the social media that we're on and those channels. Um, Remember to always use critical thinking and not simply believing that the first thing you see or read is fact and it's 100% the way it is or should be. So really um, look at the sources, find more information, ask questions, get curious and even feel into your own inner intuition. So don't let someone sway you to do something. Um, Make sure you are making a conscious decision when it comes to investing in your financial decisions. Um, Rather than blindly following based on something you heard or simply it was, you know, something that was simply just recommended to you. It's always still up to you to be in control of your money. Um, your finances, your investments, and to be the person that gets to decide the right decisions for you. And this goes back to my point about keeping it simple too. If it's, if it's leading you down the path where all this information coming at you is making you feel more overwhelmed than anything, we'll go back to that point about just keep it simple. Maybe, you know, turn off some of that noise and block it out and go back to what makes sense for me? What is the right step for me? And so it's listening and, and, you know, taking in the information, again, deciding what you're going to actually, you know, decide, like utilize as maybe a source that you're going to do some more digging into and what you're going to just simply disregard right after you hear it, um, you know, kind of deciphering between that too. And then, and then ultimately though, you're the one that gets to make the decision of what's best for you. So again, be picky about whose opinions you're listening to, um, what sources you're using for your information. And yes, especially with money too. So we do it oftentimes with other places in our lives. But if, you know, if you just feel like you don't have that financial literacy piece um, or that you didn't learn enough of this on the way, you might just accept those opinions too easily. So I just, I urge you to really spend time in that, get curious, ask questions. Um, That is so important. Okay. Another tip for investing for success is you must believe in the possibilities and the power of compounding and know it is achievable for you as well. So I think a big part of being wealthy and really embodying that lies in our mindsets. And for a variety of reasons, some people just don't think they can achieve their goals when it comes to their finances. You know, maybe it was how you grew up. And if you grew up in poverty and saw that it's never enough or money is difficult to get, then again, you might've sort of taken those on as your own. And it's, it's what is dictating your mindset right now. But you have to believe it's possible for you. Um, If you don't believe it's possible, well, then you're not going to take any of the necessary steps to get you there. And then voila, you were, you know, you're right. It isn't possible for you because you didn't 
you didn't do it. You don't believe it's possible. You don't take the steps and then it is impossible. So it's this sort of self-fulfilling um, cycle that you get yourself trapped in. So what I really want everyone listening to this episode to know is that it very much is possible for you. I have seen amazing results in people achieving their financial goals and I get to see it on a regular basis. So maybe that's why I'm, you know, so much in it and believe it and see it because it's, I get to see it every day, people achieving these goals, um, ones that might seem impossible just from, from an outsider's perspective, um, or, you know, from, again, from coming from that place of where you don't believe it's possible for you or that mindset where you're not having that, you know, self-belief, self-confidence. Well, again, it is, and I can give, you know, I could spend time giving all sorts of examples, but just off the top of my head, it's, you know, again, people thinking certain things are impossible. So for instance, if you don't, earn a lot of money, um, you might think, well, it's not possible to amass a large amount of wealth if I'm not a high income earner. Um, Well, I can tell you, I've seen couples that have never made six figure incomes in their entire working careers, and they've become millionaires. And it was through the power of diligent saving and investing and growing their money through investing. So not just a matter of how much money that they put away, but that they were diligent on investing it, letting it compound and grow and having that investing piece really help support them to achieving that goal. So again, I get to see it every day. I know firsthand it's possible. Um, I get to do the calculations over and over again. I always have a calculator in hand and I get to see, you know, this amount of money growing at this rate of return, and this is how much it can be. And so if you're not doing that constantly and all the time, you know, maybe that's where some of that, um, not as much of the, you know, not believing it's possible comes from, but I'm here to tell you it is very much possible and you can achieve those goals. And it's through that power of compounding. So you can't grow your money by letting it just sit there in the bank account, or, I mean, you can, you can just keep adding money and letting it sit in your bank account, but it's all going to be the onus for that growth is all going to be on you. It's all going to be a direct result of how much you put in is how much you're going to get out. If there's no additional compounding and growth upon the amount you're putting in, or if you're just, you know, simply stocking away, hiding it under your mattress, it's again, all going to depend on you and how much you put in. But for example, if you invest 500 a month and it grows at 10% rate of return over 20 and that's an annualized rate of return over 20 years, that would grow to 380,000. And then after 30 years, it actually grows to $1.1 million. So if you do the math, putting away that $500 a month for 20 years, you only saved $180,000 over that time. But with the power of compounding and growth, it grew to over $1 million. So again, that's believing and really, you know, appreciating the power of compounding and how that's going to serve you. Um, So that's part of the investing for success, right? So believing it's possible and then truly engaging in that investing compounding growth yourself to make, make that a reality for you as well. Um, 
Another tip I have is about being intentional with what accounts you're using to do your investing. Um, so it's great to see your money growing from your investing, but you don't want to have to just be giving that all back in the form of taxes, right? Um, or just, you know, you, you make a lot of money and then you feel like you go five steps backward by having to pay taxes. And um, so here in Canada, um, most often the, the tax efficient places to start investing for people is an RSP account, so a registered retirement savings plan, or a TFSA account, a tax-free savings account. And I have an entire episode devoted to RSP versus TFSA account. So definitely take a listen to that one if you want to really get the intricacies of those two accounts and how they work. Um, but basically, again, when it comes to investing, the types of accounts that you're actually investing in will matter. And when we say RSP and TFSA, remember, these are just types of accounts. So they're not investments in themselves. They're places where you're going to put your investments in them. Okay. So if you have savings and, you know, every month, let's say you have $500 to spare, well, you can invest it by buying a stock a mutual fund, an ETF, so an exchange traded fund. But the next question of course is well where do I where do I invest it? Where will I where will I make this investment? Where do I put it? Um and that is where the consideration of the type of account comes in. So again, most tax efficient is likely going to be the RSP and the TFSA, and they each have a bit of a different characteristics. So you want to kind of do a little bit more research on those, or again, listen to that episode to find out, well, which of those ones are, are sort of a better place or how you're going to make the split between the two. Um, but again, these are tax advantaged accounts, and they are beneficial to shelter you from having to pay tax on some of that growth and distribution on your investment. So if you buy a stock and it goes from $5 to $10, well, if you have it in one of these tax um, advantaged, advantaged accounts, you might not necessarily be on the hook for having to account for any taxes on that, um, that growth that you have. So again, be mindful of the decision of where you invest as well. So it's not just just, you know, investing, boom, okay, I'm invested. Um, let's also make sure that you're being, you're giving consideration to where you're investing. That's an important part of it because um, in, you know, as best as you can, you want to make sure more of it's staying in your pocket, less is having to go out to taxes. Um, and then lastly, my last tip for investing for success um, is that, if you don't want to do it alone, you don't have to. So there's so many options out there when it comes to investing. There's direct investing, whereas it, it's more of a do-it-yourself approach. Um, there's hybrid options where it's more of a robo-type advisor. So it's more digitally based um, than working with an actual person, but there is some assistance along the way as well. And then there's you know the full service options where you're working with a dedicated financial professional that's helping you, um, giving investment advice and things like that. So I don't think there's necessarily any right or wrong answer to this, but it really comes down to finding the best fit for you and what will lead to the best results for you. Um, and since you know yourself best, only you can really answer that question. So if you're a super self-disciplined person, you're independent, you like doing things solo, um, you know, on your time, then 
a do-it-yourself approach might be the ideal solution for you um, versus if you prefer having someone to talk to about things, having an accountability partner, something to keep you on track when it comes to working, um, you know, towards a task or to uh, to reaching a goal, then maybe working with a financial professional is the best solution for you. And of course, this is going to depend on your stage of life as well. And it can change at any time. So perhaps you like doing it yourself, you have the time and desire, but then you have children and life gets busy and hectic and you don't have that same amount of time to devote, or you start a new career and it's very demanding of your time and you don't have that extra time to be giving to your finances that maybe you previously did. So again, the point is that you're always looking out for your best interests and that can change through different stages of your life. And then finding the solution that will, you know, help you get it done, help you get to where you're going. So if you keep saying, you know, I need to get started investing, this is something I really should be doing. I've been meaning to do this. And you you know, if you can look back on how long you've been saying this and how long you've been procrastinating or waiting on this, if it's been months or years, then maybe it is just time to do some, you know, reaching out to people, interview and find someone to help you get started. And again, there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you're better off doing something than not. And if it just hasn't, you know, materialized, you haven't been able to find the time to do it, then you're still always better off getting someone in place to help you than continuing to sit on the sidelines and, and keep sort of waiting and pushing it off and saying, you know, when I do this, then I'll do that. So it's all about taking action. So whatever is going to get you there to taking action um, is probably, you know, what I would recommend. And again, it's going back to, again, knowing yourself and knowing how you work and helping and, and finding a solution based on that, that self-awareness too. Okay. So that's my tips for investing for success. Um, you might've saw the title and, and been listening and you were, you know, maybe you were expecting some hot stock tips or something like that, but again, investing for success, it doesn't have to be top secret. It doesn't have to be complicated and difficult. And if it is, you might actually be doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, not for sure, but I'm just saying if, if it is that those qualities, it's not necessarily successful investing. Um, so you can, and you can truly experience massive results just by getting invested, by keeping it simple, focusing on what you do have control over, ignoring some of the noise and truly believing that you can achieve your goals and it is possible for you that you can reap the rewards of growth and compounding. So that is all I have for you today for investing for success. And I do wish you best on your investing for success journey. Um, thank you so much for your time listening today. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.